welcome to the first ever episode of On Air with Rebecca. I'm Rebecca Weiss, and I'm so excited to be here. This podcast has been 10 years in the making. It's a dream I've carried in my heart, and I can't believe it has finally come to fruition. It means so much to me that you're listening today, so thank you, and I pray this blesses you. So the first reason why I want to do this podcast is I want to expose darkness by shining the light of God's truth. The Bible actually talks about exposing darkness in Ephesians 5, 10 through 11. It says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. And how do we expose the works of darkness? By shining the light of God's truth. And who is this light? It's Jesus. In John 1, it says, Jesus is the true light, which gives light to everyone. And this same light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. We are living in deceptive times and a lot of believers are being deceived. I'm seeing believers taken out left and right because of the deception operating in our world today. It is imperative that we as the body of Christ are able to discern good from evil and identify the tactics of the enemy so we are not overtaken by the schemes of the devil. We have a real enemy and we need to understand our enemy in order to not fall for his schemes and be victorious. First Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Another thing I'm witnessing is believers being led astray from the faith. Jesus warned us this would happen in the end times, saying in Matthew 24, verses 10 through 13, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold but the one who endures to the end will be saved. I want us to be able to endure to the end. It breaks my heart to see believers fall away. And I know it breaks God's heart even more. Second Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. God cares about every believer who goes astray. We can see this in the parable of the lost sheep in Matthew 18. Jesus says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. God's heart is that none of us would be led astray. And I share that desire too. My prayer is that by shining the light of truth and exposing the works of darkness on this podcast, it will help believers not fall into the trap of the enemy's deception. God gave me a dream about this actually a few years ago. There was a little boy that was away from home and he was lost. But all of a sudden the sky grew very dark and these thick black clouds covered the sky so no light could shine through except there was one little circle in the sky that wasn't covered by clouds. And through that circle, a bright light that created basically a spotlight shined on the little boy. And the little boy was able to find his way home. John Paul Jackson, who was a spiritual mentor of mine, interpreted the dream and he said, God is going to use you to shine that light in dark times to a lost generation so that they'll be able to find their way home. And my prayer is that through this podcast, God will be able to do that to those who are watching. Another reason why I'm doing this podcast is I wanna help build up believers in the faith. One of the ways we do that is through biblical teaching. Ephesians 4 verses 11 through 16 says, 
And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We need Holy Spirit-inspired biblical teaching to grow. And through this podcast, my desire is for believers to be built up in their faith, and to help believers reach spiritual maturity. I want believers to walk in the fullness of who God has called them to be. I also want this podcast to equip believers for God's work. 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 through 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Through biblical teaching, we are equipped to do God's work. Another important thing I'm gonna do on this podcast is talk about things the mainstream church doesn't usually address. I believe when we don't talk about certain things in church, we give the enemy an advantage because we keep things in the dark. But when we bring things into the light and talk about it, there's freedom there. First John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. My overall hope for this podcast, and the last reason why I'm doing this, is I want people to become closer to God. This is important to me personally because I know that relationship with God is key in the life of the believer. In John 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Relationship with God is foundational to our faith. When I first started in Bible school, God spoke to me and said, everything you need in life and ministry will flow from your relationship with me. So focus on me. Those words have never left me and they become a foundational truth in my life. I have learned in the last 10 years that relationship with God is pivotal. If this podcast in any way can help you draw closer to God, help us establish your relationship with him, I know it would be the best thing. Listen to these verses in Jeremiah 17, seven through eight. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. How do you put your trust in the Lord? How do you have confidence in Him? By knowing Him through relationship. And those who have a relationship with God are like those trees planted by the riverbank. You saw in the scripture, it says the roots of the tree go deep into the water. That water represents the Holy Spirit, having relationship with him. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as the river of life. And no matter what comes in life, whatever trials may come, just like those trees, you will still thrive because you are rooted and abiding in him. I wanna help people break down whatever barriers they have with the Lord, whether it's emotional, mental, or wrong beliefs, that's keeping them from an intimate relationship with God. I wanna help people better understand what a relationship with God looks like and how to live that out daily. 
Hey guys, I want to continue this episode by sharing my testimony with you all so you can see how God has brought me to this place and how you can kind of see my heart behind why I'm doing this podcast. And instead of me just sitting in front of the camera and talking by myself, I knew this would be way better if I invited my amazing husband, Jonathan Weiss, to join the conversation. And bringing, to, bringing you to this place, you mean like this couch with me? Yes, this couch, this whole thing. And I just want to say that this podcast would not be a thing if I hadn't no. had your help. Yes. No, it's all you. Look, like I've known ever since we met that you have like such a special call and... Um, you know, it's been so fun to like be married to you and see you step up more and more in the ministry that God has for you. And I'm so excited for this because I know it's going to touch so many people and there's so much inside you that's going to be given to so many others. So thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I know this is going to be so much better. And you know, we're married. You're my other half. So it kind of makes the most sense that you're the one I'm having this conversation with. Cool. So just starting off, when I think about my testimony overall, I really think it's a story of God's faithfulness. And I think a lot of times we think we're in search of God and He's far out there and we're trying to find out who is God. But the truth is, is that God's actually pursuing us. And that's really what God did with me. He was faithful in my life. He pursued me. He never gave up on me. And so I just want anyone who's watching this to understand that Wherever, if you feel like you're too far away, if you feel like you've messed up too much, if you feel like there's too much you don't understand, like God will meet you where you're at. And in that it's a journey and it's a process. It's not just one moment. It's all these defining moments that add up together. And that's why both of us are where we are at. So for me growing up, I grew up in a Christian home. Obviously, my parents are in ministry. I grew up in Christian schools. I mean, Christian kind of Christian everything. everything. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, is that I really didn't understand what it meant to be a Christian. Hmm. And I feel like people are going to be watching that and they're going to think that's just so hard to believe. But it, it's true. It's kind of like, I thought Christianity was about following this set of rules. Right. And I felt like if I messed up, I would lose everything because I grew up in ministry and I saw people in ministry when they would make a mistake, they would lose everything. And, you know, I think the enemy really used those experiences to sow fear in my life. And I really had a misperception of God. I kind of felt like at any moment, God was going to get mad at me. And I think a lot of people struggle with this, actually. I just thought God would get mad at me. And I felt like if I, I almost had a performance mentality with the Lord, I wanted to be close with God, but I didn't understand how to have a relationship with God. Wait, so let me understand this. So how old were you when you had your first like personal surrender moment? Or did you have one? I really didn't have one until I was 19. Wow. Which is like kind of like the so peak of this whole story. So you just kind of grew up like I'm a Christian? Yeah, I did. I mean, I did the best that I could. But as I went into my teenage years, I just was kind of, I feel like that's when you really are tested in your faith is you become an adult and you have to make your own decisions. Totally. And I was just thinking to myself, I don't know if I can do this. Like, honestly, I was like, I don't know if I can be a Christian because I knew I wasn't perfect. And so, and I didn't understand how to have a relationship with God. I really didn't understand all of these foundational doctrinal beliefs of salvation being a free gift from God and how... Jesus did everything for us on the cross and it's not our works, it's his perfection mm -hmm. that we live in. It's by his blood that we're saved and you know, his righteousness is our righteousness. All of these important things I would learn later on. So basically growing up, I remember 
that I really didn't understand what it was like to be a Christian. I didn't know how to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So I would go to church and I would do the best I can. And I would have these peak moments in my life where kind of be like these spiritual mountaintop experiences, kind of like these different highs. Like you would go to church camp and you would come back on fire for God. Or I remember one time I went to Israel and I just remember being feeling very close to the Lord there because it's a very special place, of course, to both of us. And, and to him. And um, yeah, and to him. And I remember when I was in high school, I visited what ended up being my university later on, Oral Roberts University. And I remember feeling God's presence there and talking to God there. I remember when I was 17, I was at a church camp through my church. And I remember sitting in the back and talking to God. And I said, Lord, I love this so much. It was just so good. The whole week was so much fun and worship was great. And the sermons were great. And I remember talking to God and I said, God, I want to like, I want to follow you and I want to be a Christian, but I can't, I don't know how to do this and I can't do this because, and I was right. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it out of your own strength and out of your own power. Yeah, we were never designed to. No, but I just didn't understand that. And, but I knew I was going to mess up on my own and right. God spoke to me mm -hmm. and he said, abide in me and I'll abide in you. I had no idea that was a Bible verse. <laughs> and I remember when I heard that, I was like, what does that even mean? Well, that's actually John 15. And it's actually Jesus saying, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And that whole chapter is actually a perfect, perfect example of what salvation in Christ is. It's not about something you're working in. It's actually about being in relationship with Him, abiding in Him, and mm -hmm. He will produce the fruit through you. Yeah. It's like, we're just the branches. He's actually the source. He's the vine. Mm -hmm. He's the one that's making it happen, but we have to abide in him. And then it says, obey my commandments. And so we submit our lives to him, we obey him. So I remember God told me that. I had no idea what it meant. So you're 17, then what? I ended up going to Oral Roberts University and it was a God thing. And I knew at that time in my life, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I just wanted yeah. to help people. So you didn't, you weren't surrendered necessarily, but you wanted to go to a Christian school for some reason. Yeah, I was like- so there was something there. Yes, and you know what that was? I honestly think it was the faithfulness of my parents. Okay. Because I- You wanted to honor them? No, I saw, this is gonna sound silly, but I saw my parents' life was such an example to me. Mm. And I knew to live your really the best life is to follow God and his instructions. And so when it came to university, I just said, God, where do you want me to go? Through a series of events, I knew it was where I was supposed to go. Hmm. But I was definitely living one foot in, one foot out. And I was kind of in what they sometimes call the valley of decision. And I needed to start deciding who am I? What am I gonna do? But the thing is, is that when you go to college, it's the first time in your life where you're kind of on your own in a sense, and you really, begin to figure out who are you? What do you want to do? What do you really believe? It's really a testing ground because you're not under the, you know, the comfort of your parents' home and their beliefs and all that. You're out on your own more so. That's really cool though, yeah. that even though you weren't surrendered necessarily or pursuing the Lord with all your heart because of who your parents were and because of the way you were raised, you had enough in you like enough plumb line in you to guide you to want to take this step, even though you didn't realize at the time it was a step of faith, it really was a step of faith. Yeah. You were walking into something that you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, this is what I really am passionate about doing, but yet that was taking you to your ultimate surrender moment. 
that's the thing. It was like God was always guiding me and he had enough people around me praying for me and influencing me and helping me along mm -hmm. that. And that's why I'm so thankful for the body of Christ because I had different people praying for me. I had different people sewing into my life and it was influence enough to kind of get me going in the right direction. And Oral Roberts was the right direction. So what happened when you got there? Yeah, let me just say, ORU was the perfect place for me to be because that oh, is wow. where kind of everything kind of, I guess, kind of fell apart. And it was a safe place for me to be because there's 24-hour prayer going on in that campus. It's a Christian campus. There's spirit-filled believers everywhere. But I call them God's little like secret agents because I would be out doing things and people would come up to me and have prophetic words. I mean, talk about accountability. So it was exactly where I needed to be. And I went in my freshman year and I just... How do I describe it? I just needed to figure things out. I had this really incredible professor my freshman year who was a humanities professor. He had brought us some stuff in class about the Bible, and he was just really charismatic, really intelligent. All the students loved him. And he brought up this stuff about the Bible one time in class, and I, I, I don't know, it was just so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And I love to learn, and that's something that's very appealing to me. So I went up and asked him questions after class, and he noticed my love for learning. And he was like, you know, he's like, if you like these kind of topics, he's like, I teach a Christian worldview class and you should take it next semester. And I was like, okay. And so I remember signing up my sophomore year in the fall of my sophomore year at ORU. I took that class and basically the whole class in a nutshell was really questioning everything about your Christian beliefs. But what started off as challenging the Christian worldview turned into more of a mockery of Christianity. He mocked different Christian leaders within the church. So this class isn't bringing you closer to the Lord? No, it was enough ammunition and it was for a lot of students to just make them completely leave the faith. But I just walked away from the class with so much doubt. And it's, it was really heartbreaking because it's like you live yeah. your whole life believing something and then it's like everything shatters. Right. And then just, you start to question everything. And I took on some of that, I think almost bitterness towards, I think the church a little bit. And well, yeah, you're in this learning environment, you're a student and he's teaching, and he's teaching out of these things, these wounds or these things that exactly. had affected his life. So it makes sense that you pick up on it. Yeah, and what's so crazy is, you know, here God's called me to be a minister. And so whether you're walking and you're calling or not, you still have that gifting. And so I went around evangelizing that, you should not believe in Christianity. And I no was having way. these talks with students on campus and they wouldn't know how to answer my questions. And I would say, well, what about this? I would raise all the questions I had learned in class. So it's almost like he gave me ammunition right. to use on other people. What's so interesting is that when I came back home, my mom was shook. She was like, oh my goodness. I could see Joni being like. Oh, her like wheels were, you know, she was like, you know, kind of panicking. What are they teaching my daughter in yes. a Christian school? And you know who was totally unfazed? Marcus. My dad. Yeah. He told my mom, he said, don't even worry about it. He said, she's going to be fine. She's going to come back. And he was 100% right. So he just stayed firm. My parents kept praying for me. But what was beautiful about the experience was God can use anything in our lives. And what was beautiful about the experience is I refused to just walk away and just completely reject everything. And so I remember praying to God. I said, God, I don't know if you're real, but I'm not going to spend the rest of my life telling people about heaven and hell mm -hmm. if it's not a real thing. And I said, but I'm not just going to completely shut you out and say you're not real. So I need to know if you're real. And if you are real, I need you to show me in a way that I can't argue. Fast forward, 
is that I had already signed up before I took this class for a mission trip to Ghana with Oral Roberts University. So part of the requirements was you had to do this two-week training before you go on this mission trip because these were more intensive mission trips. Some were a month long. They were in different countries all around the world. And so they would bring all of the teams together for ORU. This is after everyone was out for the summer. So they would use the campus when all the students were gone. And they would basically train us and we would do team building exercises during the day. And they would train us on how to evangelize and how to um, handle different scenarios. And then at night they would have services. And so I remember just the whole, I remember going into that week and I said, God, I don't really want to be here, <laughs> but I already had signed up and I said, but I'm going to have an open heart and I'm going to do this process. So I remember that whole week feeling so confused and I just had such a conflict within my own soul. And I never remember being more confused in my life about what I believed. And I wasn't sure what was true and what wasn't. And I remember one night they brought in a former ORU student who was now a missionary to Africa. And they had him come in to share his experiences because he had gone on mission trips with Oral Roberts. Sure, yeah. And I just remember he was the most, one of the most humble people I had ever heard speak. And I remember it was almost like, because he was so humble, it was like Jesus was shining through so clearly through him. He had talked about how he had been this really shy kid, his first time going on a mission trip with ORU to Africa. He said that, one day he was running on the beach. There was this African guy selling drugs and he tried to sell drugs to the missionary. And he said, I have the best stuff, you know, you know, buy some of my stuff. And the guy said, I don't know why I responded this way, but I said, I have something better than drugs. I have Jesus. And he said, I just kept running. And he said the next day he was running on the same beach. And this is when he was on a mission trip to Africa. The same guy who had been there the day before selling drugs, was there again and he recognized the missionary and he said, hey, you. He's like, aren't you the guy that has Jesus? <laughs> and the missionary said, yeah. And he goes, come with me, come with me. And the missionary said, why I followed this man down this alley in this country I'd never been in before. Sounds sketch. By myself, I have no idea. Exactly, a sketchy situation. And the African man asked the missionary, he said, so he was like, you believe in Jesus? And the missionary said, yes. And he says, will you believe that Jesus can heal? And he said, yes. And he led him to a man that was sitting in the alley and he had a kind of like a blanket covering his whole bottom half. And he said, well, do you believe your God can heal this? And he ripped off the blanket and he said that there was a tumor, a massive tumor on the guy's leg. Oh, wow. The missionary said, I, I think he said he had never prayed for anyone to receive healing in his life. So here you are in this moment, you've never done it before, you believe, but I mean, that's a very intimidating situation. And yet in humility, he stretched his hand and he said, God, I know you can heal. And right now I ask that you would heal this man. And he said, instantly the tumor like fell off the man's leg and his leg like grew back to normal. And he said, both men fell on their knees and started crying. Come to find out they were Muslim mm -hmm. and they were crying and they were saying, your God is real. Your God is real. Jesus is real. And they got saved that day. And he said that night, he remember looking up at the sky and he told God, he said, you know, Jesus, if this is what it means to follow you, I give you my life. And I remember as he began to share story after story about being a missionary in Africa, 
from the miraculous works, not only just the miraculous works of Jesus, but really how these stories were, how God has such a heart for the lost and how he would meet anyone where they're at and that there are so many people who are hungry for God and they need him. It just really touched me just like it touched me now. Mm -hmm. I can tell that it really touched you. And I remember in that moment, it was almost, it was almost like if you took an arrow and just pierced the very center of my heart. It's like, that's what God did to me through hearing these stories. Like I said, when he was sharing it, Jesus was so evident through him. And I felt like all of these stories really showed God's heart for people. And it was kind of like the pure gospel, you know, reaching the lost and the miraculous happening and lives, really just transformation of lives through the gospel and through the miracle working power of Jesus. And so it really touched me. And I remember in my heart, you know, my whole life I had been searching. Mm -hmm. And I felt like in that moment, I was like, this is what I'm searching for. And it was the pure gospel Mm -hmm. and ministry of Jesus continued through his followers today. so good. Isn't it amazing how like, you could go into this room with all these doubts and all this like, you know, Mm -hmm. apprehension towards church or Christianity. But then when you get just a glimpse of what it actually is, how your heart posture can shift so quickly. And you know what just hit me, and it's never come to me before in telling this story, is that what I clearly saw was who Jesus is. It's the person of Jesus. This is who he is, and this is his mission. And this is what we're called to do, is to continue what he started on the earth. And so I remember in that moment, I prayed a prayer that was similar to the missionaries when he surrendered his life to Jesus. And I said, God, if this is what it is to follow you, I give you my life. And I remember the moment, I'm telling you, you give God, you surrender, and I mean, he will act. You give him the room and he'll take it. Oh my goodness. He's just waiting for us, really. And he's waiting for the right moment when we're ready. And in that moment, I was surrendered. And I really meant when I said, and instantaneously like that, it was like electricity, which was the Holy Spirit, the power of God, just came flooding through my whole body is what it felt like. And... And it wasn't like a scary feeling, it was a good feeling, but it was the power of God, it was supernatural. And I remember I felt, it was almost like a vibration. I felt it strongest in my hands and I felt it strongest in my mouth. And God spoke to me and he said, with these, he said, with these hands, you will do my work. And with these lips, you will speak my words, mm. which oh, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, powerful. it's a very humbling thing. Um, and the only reason we can do that is by the grace of God. And so from that point on, it was just a beginning of a beautiful learning experience. And I mean, it's taken years, honestly. And, and you're still a work in progress, like everyone I is. I very much am, but God has brought me so far. You know, I ended up taking time off from ORU. I ended up being in Uganda and all the way out there and the, kind of in the middle of nowhere, Daystar reached out there. Mm-hmm. And I remember it really struck me. I was like, wow, because I kind of grew up always underneath my parents and Daystar was so normal to me. I, you know, I grew up around it, but it was in that moment that I really saw, wow, Daystar really, God is using it to make an impact mm-hmm. beyond what I even could understa- understand. And I remember when I had that moment, God spoke to me and he said, I put you in this family for a reason. And if you want to be a part of it, there's a place for you here. Mm-hmm. And so I remember coming back home and telling my parents, you're never going to believe it. God spoke to me. And I'm supposed to be, I feel like I'm supposed to be a part of Daystar. And I thought they were going to be so surprised, but they weren't surprised at all. And I was like, why aren't you shocked? And they go, we've known this the whole time. We were just waiting for God to show you 
himself for yourself. And then in Uganda, God showed me that it was time to go to Bible school. And that is actually where the door opened up for me to go to King's University. I spent over four years there of just being sowed into and poured into, and I just really grew spiritually. I remember that was a time to learn and grow and mature. And I remember I started talking to you about this podcast. Mm -hmm. In the right time, in the right place, I remember going to my dad and presenting to him the idea, and he approved it. And then we got a team together. And then just by the grace of God, here we are now. And I feel like, you know, I was 19 when I surrendered my life to the Lord. I'm 29 now. I'm almost 30. Whoa. And so it's been basically over 10 years of being poured into a journey, incredible life experiences God has brought me. I feel like now is the time that it's time to share everything that God has called me to share in this moment in time and that so much has been poured into me and I'm just ready just yeah. to let it flow on this channel. I couldn't agree more and I'm glad that you invited me to be on this couch with you and to hear your story because I love hearing your story. And regardless of if we were married or not, you know, I, the call of God in your life is so recognizable. In fact, like you shine like somebody that I've never seen before. And I'm not just saying that because you're my wife. Like I really do believe that there's a special anointing on you to teach and to preach and to share God's love with the world. And I'm so glad that you're going to have that opportunity now. And I believe now more than ever, especially with Marcus gone, the legacy that he laid, the foundation that he laid, that legacy is passing to you. And the same work that they built and stewarded, you know, you're really going to rise up and be a voice. And I truly believe, like when he talked about how the Lord touched your hands and your mouth, like you are going to lay hands on thousands of people and see lives changed. I believe that you're going to speak into hundreds of countries and see lives changed. I believe that there's an end time revival and you are going to be a voice of God's love and being in relationship with him. And I don't know anybody else in this world, I, I promise you, <laughs> hand to God, I don't know anybody else that seeks the Lord the way you do with such intentionality oh, and with you. such pursuit and um, truly treat it as a relationship, something that you have to sow into. And I'm just so proud of you. And I've seen you grow just in our four years together um, into such an amazing woman of God. And I'm so excited for this new season because I do believe that it's going to be transformative, not only in your life, but in all the viewers' lives and listeners' lives too. Thank you so much. That was so well said. And I'm so glad you're here. You really made this episode so much better. So oh, thank good. you, honey. Well, hopefully I can uh, make it back for another appearance someday. Oh yeah, I want you here a lot. Okay. Well, I hope you guys were inspired today by hearing this story. And I hope you've been encouraged that no matter where you are at in life, God will meet you right where you are. And I'm telling you, when you surrender your life to God, it is well worth it. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching today. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe on my YouTube channel, Rebecca Lamb Weiss, and follow me on Instagram for all updates on the podcast. Yeah, you're not gonna wanna miss out on these. I feel like I'm gonna get uh, personal updates from you, but I'm gonna be liking, subscribing, and commenting on every video. He's my most supportive supporter. <laughs> <laughs>